0: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim is going to finish the 13th chapter of the book of Mark, and at the same time finish Mark's account of Jesus' Olivet Discourse. Jesus had just answered the disciples' question about when all these things would be fulfilled. In verses 28-37, through wrapping up his teaching, Jesus summarizes with a lesson on what we can know, what we can't know and what we should do with what we do know. Now that last part is really important. What should we do with the knowledge God has given us about what will come to pass at the close of the age? Well, you'll find the answers this week, and here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, This Generation Will Not Pass Away. It's a really good thing that the precise day and hour can't be known in advance. No one really knows if he or she, or she is even going to live to see the next day. But knowing for certain the Lord will return, and not knowing when, that should motivate you to live appropriately every single day. And notice how strongly Jesus emphasized that this is a secret. Not even the angels of heaven know it. Not even the ones that have been hanging around the throne of God They have a special relationship with Him. But they're not omniscient. And they don't know this. And the secret goes even further. Now you've got to put on your thinking cap for this one for a minute. Nor the Son, but the Father alone. Jesus could look them right in the eye and say, I don't know when this is going to happen. Now if you're God, how can you say you don't know something? You would have to be omniscient, right? Well... The answer is simple. He chose not to know it. See? Now, wait a minute. What are you trying to tell me? How can I choose not to know something? I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got a gift of stupid, but how can I choose not to know a specific thing if I know the specific thing is? How, how can that be? Well, Jesus humbled himself. He Emptied himself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 describes his incarnation in part in these words. Although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Now, it didn't mean he stopped being God, but he emptied himself of something. Of what? It's the doctrine called the kenosis, based upon the Greek word kanao that means empty. During his incarnation, Jesus never ceased to be fully God in every way. But he did voluntarily set aside the independent exercise of his deity during that time. In other words, he, among other things, restricted his knowledge to the things that the Father wanted him to know during the days of his ministry. We're going to see in the coming... Chapters where Jesus is going to say to the disciples, I told you everything the Father told me to tell you. I didn't tell you everything. I'm not saying the Father told me everything. I'm going to go back to him. I will be fully all that I have limited now. And by the way, here's a cool thing. Don't worry about Jesus still wondering when the rapture and the end days is going to be. He does not have to watch Christian television to try to figure it out. Jesus again displays his full knowledge. After his resurrection, remember we peeked over to Acts when he, when he ascended. and he, We say he's going to come on the clouds as he ascended in the clouds. At, in that same setting, Acts chapter 1 verse 7, he said the same thing about how God the Father is the one who fixed the appointed day for his return. But at that time, Jesus doesn't say, the Son doesn't know. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by His own authority. And He omits the part about how, and I don't know. You know, if He had explained it, He would have said, And I'm not telling by that time. All right, what you must know, know the parable. What you can't know, the time, the decade, the century, the millennium, the day, the week, the hour, the season of the second coming. But here's the punchline, what you must do. The remainder of our text, which we're not going to deal with in detail, but it's so clear, you'll get it. It tells you what you're supposed to do with all this information that's here in the Olivet Discourse. Remember verse 14 of this chapter, let the reader understand. Remember what he just said, learn the parable. Know this. All right, here's what he says. What are you supposed to do with all of this? Starting at verse 33, take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. It's like a man away on a journey who, upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, He assigned to each one his task, and he also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, in case he should come suddenly and find you asleep. But what I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. Alert. All right. I love studying Bible prophecy. Yes, I've done all of my charts. I've got some pictures. I like some better than others. But it's good to put all that together. It's good to see it. It's good to see the the precision of the Word of God. But the commands of what to do about all of this, they're pretty clear. You saw them in that text I just read to you from 33 to 37. Take heed... How do you heed something? You pay attention to it. You listen to it. You know what it means, and you act upon it. So, take heed. Keep on the alert, he says. And then he says again, be on the alert. Take heed to these things. Pay attention to them. Do you know there's one New Testament book that promises a blessing for the person who reads and hears and heeds it. And you know what book that is? The Book of Revelation. That's the You're you're supposed to know that. Or as Jesus might say, let the reader understand. We had some folks that hung out with us in fellowship when we were teaching the book of Revelation on Wednesday night and one of them told me something that just, it just broke my heart. He said, I, I asked our pastor, you know, when will you teach the book of Revelation? He said, oh, we, we won't do that. It's too hard and it's too controversial. Oh, really? So what Jesus meant was, I'm going to give you a bunch of gobbledygook that can't be understood, and I want you to heed it. No, he didn't. He was very specific in his word about what he meant, and he didn't mumble when he got to the end. Take heed, keep on the alert, be on the alert. Now, how can you tell when someone is truly taking heed and being on the alert when it comes to Bible prophecy? Pretty easy. 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Beloved. Now we are children of God. You know, I, I get the idea John had read the rest of the New Testament before he wrote his stuff. He understood being a child of God. Now we, this is our standing, now we are the adopted children and if children heirs and if, and, and, and heir, joint heirs with Christ, this is a cool thing. Now we are children of God. Ah, oh, but that's not the end of the story. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. Why, I think he even read 1 Corinthians 15. I, I think he understood it. He said, We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. And, how can you tell that somebody is a Christian and living as a Christian, taking heed and keeping on the alert? And, says John, everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. I am an adopted child of God by his grace, through faith, all for his glory. I mean, I can even clean up fairly well for Sunday mornings and I can act nice, but I'm still battling sin just like you are. How can you tell someone that's taking heed and keeping on the alert? They're in the battle. Uh, they, they, They want to purify themselves as He is pure. So when sin comes, they hate it. And they turn to the one who is pure and say, thank you for being my advocate. I confess my sin. I want you to I want you to give me victory over this. That's how you're taking heed and keeping on the alert. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we need your help. We need your help, well, even to understand well. And we need your help to constantly take heed. We need your constant faithfulness to us so that we might be faithful to you in the midst of all that you are doing for us and in us and through us for your glory. So have your way with us to that end that we might be the ones who are purifying themselves as our Savior is pure. Anything that stands in the way of you using us to the ultimate of your plan, we, we pray you'll deal with it and Give us wisdom and boldness to deal with it as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.